In today's Live Treasured podcast, having the faith to make this shift. Limit your time with negative complainers to spend more time with faith-filled truth talkers. All right, Treasured Tribe, welcome to the Live Treasured Podcast. We are walking our way through to our summer Bible study series called Shift Your Lips, where we are looking inside of God's Word and bringing the words that we say to a new level because the words that you say matter. Now, if you're just now joining us, I want to invite you to subscribe to the Live Treasured podcast. You can go back to the introduction uh, message and just start there. But every week, we're going to bring awareness to what is automatic in our life. I think I know that I have learned that I've been um, just some automatic bad habits with what I've been saying. And every week we're going to give you a shift, a new shift to change your lips, to begin to use your mouth to speak those faith-filled words. Because the Bible tells us that the words that we say truly matter. And it's one thing to know that and another thing to do next. So we're going to bring awareness to what is automatic. And then we've also been talking about ways where we can choose grace over grit for that lasting change. In other words, whenever I see something that I want to change in my life, you know, I have a lot of effort within me and there's a lot that I can do, but it's a limited strength. But when we we dig deep, And when we press into the Holy Spirit and when we get to the core issues of why we're doing what we're doing, that's when there's this lasting change that can happen. And of all this, we're doing this together. You can do this with a friend or I I know I've invited you to join along with me because the very genesis of this whole podcast series began inside of one of my own dear friendships from one dinner that we had together where she was talking to me about how God was really convicting her about the words she was saying, and it really inspired me to do the same. All right, so this week, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics to talk about, and that is setting boundaries. And the reason why I am passionate with a capital P about this topic is because for years I was very confused about boundaries. I felt guilty about setting them. I was very confused on how to do it. I felt like that inside of uh, being a Christian, it meant that I couldn't say no to people and nothing can be further from the truth. And especially when it comes to being around people that are speaking negative words. Now, we've talked about the power of 
are words, but did you know that the people that you spend time with will have an impact on the words that you say? Now, if you were hanging around with somebody that, you know, was stealing your money all the time and you came to me and said, whenever I'm around this person, they just take money from me. They don't ask. They just keep taking and taking and taking. Of course, I would look at you and say, well, don't you need to do something about that? Like maybe not spend time with this person? Well, you know, you have something called emotional energy. And there are people in your life that when you're around them, they can, through the words that they say, steal your emotional energy. And a lot of times we don't take stock in that because, for example, If you were around somebody that was hitting you all the time, right? Like there would be something that you could see, something that you could justify to where you would say, I need to set a boundary with this person. Or like the example that I just gave, if they were stealing your money, but the emotional energy, that's at a soul level and we can't see it. And so sometimes we don't really validate that as a reason why we need to set boundaries. Now, one of the things um, that I have, have spoken with several women about is that, you know, now that um, as I'm recording this, COVID is kind of shifting away and we're starting to get back into the flow of spending time together. There's a lot of women that have confessed with me. And certainly this is true of myself that, you know, one of the, one of the positive things about COVID, while we would never wish this on anybody ever again, is that it gave us a legitimate reason to have boundaries. And while we missed people that were dear to our hearts, it allowed us to have space and room and time and separation from those who were perhaps emotionally draining in our life. And if you struggle with codependency, as I have in my past, if you feel like, you know, it's not okay for you to set boundaries, COVID was kind of a welcome time. And the question that has come to me is, well, now that we're getting back into interaction again, Eileen, you know, I'm not sure how to handle all this. And so, so hopefully today, um, and, and there's certainly lots of different people that we should set boundaries with today. I'm just going to be talking about, uh, people that, uh, speak negative words, but you can really apply this to to a lot of things. And so um, so so I, I think that in general, women, we have hard time setting boundaries, right? That we are relational people and we feel bad for setting boundaries. But this is the truth, and it is a fact jacked. Who you spend time with will impact your life. And if you're spending time with people that are speaking negative words, it will impact your life. Now, who am I talking about? So I'm talking about people that are constantly complainers, okay? I'm talking about people that consistently vent. And I'm not talking about um, being authentic with people and, you know, uh, sharing your problems with people. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm talking about. Those people, every time you get around them, they are venting negative energy. All right. 
Number three, those people that have a victim mentality. A victim mentality is that of this will never change. It's always going to be this way. And again, certainly we all find ourselves in that place. But I'm talking about people that literally wear the victim lens. That's how they see their lives. Um, the next thing, the next uh, type of people are is the narcissist. You know, those people that thrive on pulling other people down to prop themselves up. They feel so insecure uh, that they pull other people down around them, including you. And the last uh, uh, person is the faith doubter. That person that uh, has a hard time believing in the word of God is, you know, just doubting their faith. And, And hear me when I say this, right? It is not you know, I certainly go to God when I'm having, struggling with faith, when there's just a mustard seed, you know, I need to find a scripture I can tether my soul to. And it's good for us to wrestle with God. But if we're consistently carrying around that doubt, or we're always doubting the word of God, right? I mean, that stuff is going to impact you. All right. So those those are who they are. And then the thing that I want you to see, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character. Who you spend a time with will create an impact on your life. And hear me when I say this, it's not just people that are like, I mean, they could like know their Bible backwards and forwards. They could be like, I don't know, this big role inside of church. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if we know what the word of God says. Are we speaking it? Are we believing it? Are we declaring it? And I'm again, we all have those days, right, where we fall into those places of doubt and fear and anxiety. I talked about that last week. That's not what I'm talking about. That's Well, that's being human, right? But if you consistently stay there, that's the problem. And we need to watch out for those people because it's not just enough for us to explore our spiritual inheritance in Christ. If we want to experience it, we're going to need to walk by faith. And that brings me to our scripture this week comes, it's Numbers 13 and 14. And ironically, you know, last week we talked about the book of Joshua and Joshua conquering the promised land. Well, before there was the conquering of the promised land, the Israelites were inside of the wilderness. And there's this one scene where God calls uh, 12 spies, one from each of the tribes of Israel to go into the promised land and bring back a report, you know, bring back to the rest of the Israelites, you know, what does this, what does the promised land look like? And, you know, and I think that's really positive to do, right? Because that brought back the vision of where they were headed. And, you know, vision is God's provision to pull us out of our past and and prompt us to to pull us forward. And so, so God sends in uh, these 12 
12 spies and the, the spies go out and they scout out and they explore the land and and then they return. And when they return, there are 10 of the 12 spies that come back and they say, you know what, we entered the land and I'm in Numbers 13 right now. Uh, verse uh, 26, we entered the land that you sent us to explore, and indeed it is a beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produced, but there the descendants of, of Anak. But, excuse me, let me back up. But the people living there are powerful, and the towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, the Amaleks live in the Negev and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live among the coasts of the Mediterranean Sea and along with the Jordan Valley. And so what they were basically saying is, well, it is true. God's word is true. We, we did see all of this great fruit in there, but we also saw the giants. We saw the giants. Listen to how Caleb responds, okay? And Caleb and Joshua, they must have been buddies, right? Because we don't hear from Joshua, but we know in later scriptures that Caleb and Joshua, you know, are kind of hanging together. And so then it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. All right, and in a minute, we'll see why Caleb was able to say that. Verse 31, but the other men who explored the land disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. And so, so, and, and then what happens is with that bad report, what happens is something that I call the complaining vortex. It sucked the other people in. And, you know, they, the Israelites started saying stuff like, why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to return to Egypt? Really? Were you in slavery? Then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. And so we see, we see this, what I call the complaining vortex. And it sucked all those people in. All right. But then Caleb responds this way, verse nine, do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless Pray to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid with them. Uh, and then, and then it even says <laughs> that they talked about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Well, they, and you can read about it this week because, um, because, you know, that is going to be the nurse scripture for this week, just so all of us can get this warning about who we're listening to. And see, we need to be surrounding ourselves with the Caleb's in our life. 
because there's a difference between the complaining uh, vortex, the narcissistic vortex, and then there's the Caleb's. And the Caleb's in our life, they are the truth talkers. They're the ones that call us higher because of the way that they live. Now, I talked to you about the fact that the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast this series this summer is because being around my friend that night when we had dinner, that is the effect that it had on me. So I'm not saying that, you know, this is not about you being with people that always stroke your ego and tell you're doing everything right. You know who I'm talking about. Who are those Caleb's? Those people that call you higher. I'm telling you, we need to be careful about what report we're listening to. Because as we see inside of this passage, you know, the promised land was theirs. God said, this land is yours. It was a promise that he gave, right? So we can explore what God has promised to us, just like the Israelites went in and explored the land. We can explore that by going into the word of God, but we will not experience it, right? Until we believe it and walk step by step by step. Last week, you looked at Joshua chapter 1, and and God said in Joshua 1, I'm going to read this scripture to you. Um, It says this, I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land. You will be on land I have given to you. And see, Moses was telling Joshua, you have to set your foot You have to set your foot. And one of the things that will set you back are people inside of your life that are consistently complaining and victim mentality. But you know what? God has a great solution for that. So first thing that I want to talk about with this is why we do not set boundaries with people like this. The, and and so there, and the reason why I'm doing this is because, and if you've listened to these podcasts, it helps when we understand why we're doing something. Like, why don't I set boundaries with people? Well, the first thing is, is that, I, and I've said this before, we just don't feel confident about setting boundaries because we feel guilty when we do it. We feel guilty when we do it. Now, to go against the tide, to go against what the group is saying, like what Caleb did, I mean, that was like pretty big because it's human nature to want to fit in with the crowd because we fear, right, rejection. And I think that part of that is the reason why we don't set boundaries. But the other thing I think is that we feel guilty about it because we feel like that boundaries um, are not loving or it's it's not okay for us to do or we feel um, we feel bound or trapped. Like, in other words, if Caleb felt like, well, these are my Israelite brothers, so, you know, I better listen to them or listen to the majority or conform to the majority opinion, right? And so, and so we might feel 
um, bad about it or trapped in that, um, which is not the case. The other thing I think is that we're just confused. We're confused about what real love is. We think that real love means that we say yes all the time to people and we're just passive and accept what is. And actually, courageous love, agape love, um, says it says no. The other reason I, I think that sometimes I know for me, I because I don't have um, boundary setting is something now that I am very passionate about, confident about. But because it is new in my life, I mean, relatively new, like over the past five years, it's like learning a new skill set. It's like learning a new skill set. And so sometimes I'll get in that situation and I'm like, I'm not really sure how to handle this kind of thing. Um, we'll, we'll have some more teaching on that in a minute. And, and here's just what I want to say about that real quick is that, you know, when you start doing this, you will make mistakes, but you kind of have to start setting boundaries with people and, and not worrying really about how it comes out and all that sort of stuff like that, uh, because the alternative is worse, right? Like if you don't start practicing this biblical principle, you'll, you won't do it. And sometimes we have to learn by doing. And God is not up there like saying, you better do it perfect, right? But he wants us to put ourselves out there, right? And and to try. Okay. The next thing is this. We don't set boundaries with negative people because we love to rescue. Now I'm I'm talking about myself. Okay. Got, Got my worth and value out of being the rescuer and the fixer. And so when there is somebody, you know, that is playing the victim and it's all, you know, it feels really good to rescue them. And for, I have to watch it, you know, because in my codependency days and my codependency was my coping mechanism to get my worth and value from God, I felt really good when I would fix things for people. And I felt like that that was my responsibility. But here's the thing, Jesus is the rescuer. And for years, I was confused about the difference between ministering to others and being the rescuer. We want to point people to to Jesus. When you go to the Treasure Ministries website, one thing that we want to make clear is that it's not us, it is not me, that it is your personal relationship with Jesus. He is the healer of broken heart. He binds up the brokenhearted. That is his job description that he said when he quoted Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4. He is the one that rescues. I can point you to him. I can walk with you. But he is is the rescuer. Um, and so then the next thing is, is that we don't recognize narcissistic behavior because it can be covert. Now, covert kind of means sort of in disguise. Um, but, uh, you know, an overt narcissist, uh, we, we will recognize. I mean, those are the, you know, big time verbally abusive people. They're pushy. They're obnoxious. It's very easy to recognize them. Now, let me give a little caveat to that. We will sometimes turn a blind eye to that if they're offering us something um, that we think that we need. For example, some women will might 
stay with an abusive relationship because they feel like that it offers them protection or will just kind of turn a blind eye. Or if somebody has a title, if somebody, ha- you know, is head of a ministry even, we we turn a blind eye even to, to narcissistic behavior. But the, a lot of times we don't recognize it too when it's covert. And a covert narcissist, a narcissist, number one, needs to pull people down to make themselves feel superior. And so they will um, use words to hurt. And sometimes it's not direct, it's indirect, it's passive aggressive, and it's just covert. But it has this underlining message in it like you are not as good as me. You're just not, you know, worth anything. Okay. Now here, here's an example. Like if somebody said to you, did you get a new haircut? Well, of course it's obvious when we get a new haircut and obviously they weren't really wanting to know about your new haircut. They were making they were they were hitting you with a slight, like kind of like nice haircut, right? And so you know what I'm talking about, those people that you're around and you can't put your finger on it, but when you walk away, you feel like your emotional energy has been drained. You feel like uh, that you know, that, that you are not good enough because of the words that they've said. Now, at Treasure Ministries, we teach get your worth and value from God. But the reality is, is that words do carry power. The words that people say over us. And even those covert way, we may not recognize it, or we may say, you know, this person did this for us. They did that for us. And so it can be confusing, right? Um, but hopefully that um, gives some light into that. And that is absolutely um, a, a narcissist. So th- those are the reasons why we don't do that. Now I'm going to give you just some practical biblical insight into how you can set boundaries. Number one, you need to embrace this truth. Boundaries are biblical. Boundaries are biblical. You do not need to feel guilty about setting boundaries. And the first thing that I want to say about that is that God set boundaries. In fact, one of the very first things that he did is that when he created this world and he created Adam and Eve, he set a boundary with them, right? Right in the Garden of Eden. He told them what tree they could eat from and what tree they could, you know, not eat from, right? And so God set boundaries. And we see this over and over and over again in Scripture. God sets boundaries. You know who else? Jesus set boundaries. I'll give you this example. In Mark, the fifth chapter, in in verse 21, um, Jesus, it says this, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him, my daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands on her and heal her so that she can live. Now, in the next verses, Jesus is traveling to the house. 
he uh, he stops to heal um, the woman that pressed through the crowd. Okay, then it picks up at verse 35. Messengers arrived from the home of Jarius, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jarius, don't be afraid, just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anybody go with him. Okay, did you catch that? Then Jesus stopped the crowd. And wouldn't let anybody with, go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. Verse 40. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Now, it doesn't say in the Bible specifically why Jesus made them leave, but I believe that Jesus was like, I do not need faithless people. I get them out of here. That is my uh, opinion based on scripture. And Jesus was not, he did not feel bad about asking them to leave. So we see that Jesus set boundaries. And you know what? There are some people inside of your life that you need to limit your time with. There are. Because they are bringing you down. And if God set boundaries, if Jesus set boundaries, Boundaries are biblical, and you have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within you. And you know what? The Holy Spirit will lead you, and you can trust the Holy Spirit's um, leading inside of your life. Have you ever had, you know, just what I call a red light from the Holy Spirit, or even a yellow light, like a caution about a person? Pay attention to that. That is the Lord's leading. Now, when you know that you need to set a boundary with people, sometimes it can be like, okay, I don't know how to do this. The first thing that I want to say to you about that is that, and this is our third point, um, is that you can limit your time without leaving the relationship. You do not have to burn a bridge And you know what? You don't even have to like explain to the person. I mean, really, you don't want to say, you know, you complain too much. That's why I'm not hanging out. You don't want to do that. That's not good to do. And you don't want to burn a bridge, but you can limit your time. You can limit your time with a person. And here's the thing. You only have so much time in your day. You want to spend time with people that add to your life. Now, with all that said, there will be people who are complainers, victim mindset, and all that, that God will call you to minister to, but we need to see that as a ministry opportunity. In other words, it is a place where we will be pouring out, not necessarily 
receiving from. And if you see a person, like if it's ministry opportunity and I'm the rescuer, then that is like, no, like bad. No, no, no. Don't, don't do that. But if God has put somebody in your life as, as he has with me, and, and there are opportunities where I can speak life. And I know that when I'm around this person, it is not for a place of reception. It's a place for me to, to just speak truth, to speak God's word, to be that Caleb, right? Um, Then, you know, if God has called me to do that, then I know that he's with me. But if we're in a situation, right? And and then there are some people that we, we have to spend time with because, whatever they're they're a part there we work with them or, or whatever it may be but you can limit your time with them you can limit your time with them you don't need to explain to them why you're not spending a bunch of time with them um, but just see every minute as precious very precious and where where are you giving that to where you know who are you giving that to and there's probably other people inside of your life that need your energy more. Maybe it's your children that you need to pour out to or or the ministry opportunity that God has given you. Um, So just guard that um, and just see this as, well, I don't have to leave this person, um, but I can limit the time with this person. Another thing about trusting that Holy Spirit's leadership is that biblical boundaries are not open and closed. Like it's, it's not really black and white, you know, with the Holy Spirit. We're consistently, um, you know, listening and letting him lead and guard us. Like a, a, an open boundary would be, I can never say no to people. I have zero boundaries in my life. And then a closed boundary is, you know, I'm not spending any time with anybody. Does that make sense? I, and also a closed boundary is, I will never, ever talk to this person again. I will always, those sort of inner vows or those laws that we create, but we want to operate in the flow and in the liberty of the Holy Spirit. And that's where you can have confidence because it could be that for a season, you need to have some space from a person, right? And it's all about, you know, the Bible says that if we, that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. And so as we walk with him, we can trust him. And the boundaries are fluid, right? Um, they can be, you want to think more about a gate instead of this fence, no fence. Okay. All right. The next thing is um, this. And I, I thought about this. This really convicted me. Um, who are you spending your time with? on social media. You know, when I'm giving this talk, you may automatically think, okay, who am I talking to on the phone or who am I, you know, I don't know, going to have coffee with or that kind of thing. But, you know, we spend a lot of time on social media, listening to podcasts, YouTube channels. Who are you listening to, right? I mean, are are they faith-filled people or are they doubters? And so take that into consideration and, and think about, is there a podcast that you listen to and 
it's just intriguing and it's all, all these sorts of things. But when you stop listening to it, you feel deflated and deflated. You don't feel like you can conquer your promised land. It's time to put that podcast away. And um, there's one that I'm not going to be listening to anymore after after this. All right. Okay. And so, um, and, and these can, they can be Christian. They can be Christian podcasts. But if they're pulling you down, then you need to really take stock. Lord, is this a person that I need to spend time with? Right? Because we can really connect with people on, or somewhat connect with people on uh, social media. Um, okay, the other thing is too, is that, you know, we're limiting time with these people, right? And so you're still around them. One thing that you can do that's positive is you can redirect the conversation. Now, we saw this inside of the scripture that I read to you, Numbers 13 um, and, and 14, where Caleb tries to redirect them back to God and redirect them back to, you know, God's promises. And we can do the same thing. Now, the first thing that I want to say about that is that you have zero control over people. So it doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, I mean, like, oh, I see the light now and change, but you can still be that Caleb, right? And so if somebody has a victim mentality, one of the things that you can do with them, if they're just like, oh, it'll never get better. I always do this. I always do that. One thing that you can do, which would really be a blessing to them, is to point them back to all the progress that they made and say, but look at what you, when you did this, look at what you, when you did that, you know, and point out little things, little victories, you know, can be huge. Look at when you did this. Now, what we don't, you don't want to say like, but you're this and you're that, you know, I mean, because right now they're not even seeing the good qualities about themselves, but you can, you can point out a specific action that they took that was positive in their past and say, look at that. You did that. And look at how far you've come, right? And then, and then you can remind them of God's promises. Remind them of God's promises after you remind them of their past uh, victories. Um, and, and you always do. You want to make sure that you do listen to them and that you validate. You know, I, I can see what you're saying and then hit the redirect. But you are not alone. And see, that's the thing. That's what Caleb did. He didn't deny the giants, but he saw the giants in light of his God. You know, I mean, he told them, God is with us, right? And and I think that that is the message. That is what in Joshua chapter one, that's what God told Joshua. You don't have to fear because I'm with you. And so you don't have to um, uh, sugarcoat an ending, but you can say God is with you and he will get you through this. And a lot of times, you know, we just really need that nudge. Um, and what a blessing you would be, right, to be able to turn that person to more of a faith-filled mindset. You can also um, offer to pray with that person. You can listen, listen validate, and then, um, and then offer to pray with them. All right, number six is this. You, you know, you need to know the difference between um, the fact that you know, a lot of times it's not that the person is toxic. It's that your relationship with them 
is is not good. Okay, it's not, and it's, you want to be careful because sometimes when we feel guilty about setting boundaries to justify it, we will judge and pull that person down. And the the truth about it is, is that we all fall short in different areas. And so it's more like you need to look at this is not a healthy tie for me. The example that I give a lot is with food allergies. And I know that sounds silly, but you know, if, if somebody is allergic to, let's say, dairy, then you know, it's not like I go around saying milk is horrible, milk is bad. I just say that my relationship with dairy, right, is it has it has negative side effects. And and here's the other thing, people can have different relationships with different people. And you know, for years in my codependency walk, I taught people how to treat me. And because I didn't set boundaries, People didn't respect me. And that, you know, when I took ownership over that, it was a huge shift and a huge uh, change inside of, of my life. But my point in saying that is that, you know, people can have different relationships with the person. So don't look and say, well, that person can spend this time. I should be able to do that too. Just walk with the Holy Spirit and and he will show you. All right. The seventh thing is this, and this is very cool. Science backs up this biblical truth about the fact that bad company corrupts uh, good character. Okay. So this is what I discovered in my research. When you hold an idea in your mind and, and it's shared by people around you, your brain rewards you by triggering triggering a release of dopamine. Same thing that happens when you have chocolate. But anyway, I'm just saying. So in other words, when I'm around people that think like I do or, or that we're in agreement, and it could even be an agreement on a negative point, okay, dopamine is released in, inside of me, okay? When I disagree with other people around me, my brain sees that as a threat and triggers feelings of pain, okay? So dopamine, when there's agreement, fear and pain when there's disagreement, okay? So this happens, So and dopamine is like a reward that, that we get. And that's why, like I just mentioned chocolate, you know, when you're having a bad day and you grab chocolate because there's there's a reward to it, right? And so and so it is that when we're around people and we're in agreement, there's a there's a chemical reward inside of our brain. Now this works not only for positive thoughts, but for negative thoughts. So that means when I'm around negative people my brain will incentivize me to be more like them because I'll be in agreement. And that's when the dopamine is released. Okay. The same is true for positive people. When I'm around positive people, I will want to be like them, right? My brain incentivizes me to do this. That's why like your brain incentivizes you to eat that chocolate. Okay, 
So, therefore, choose your company wisely. Choose your company wisely. Um, in 1949, there was a neuroscientist, Donald Hebb, H-E-B, that said neurons that fire together wire together. And that means that when we are, well, I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read what I um, have done in my research, okay? Um, It reminds us neurons fire together, neurons that fire together wire together, that Every experience, thought, or feeling, physical sensation triggers thousands of neurons which form a neutral network. It means that when you repeat the same negative thought over and over, it triggers patterns in the brain and this strengthens the associated neutral networks. It's incredibly difficult to stop the loop of negative thoughts when they've been associated with neutral networks in the brain. When you're surrounded by negative people, right, it becomes incredibly difficult to get rid of negative thoughts. This is because the complainers, the victim, the venters consistently trigger these same patterns. So it's like they're reinforcing what is not good inside of of your network, okay? And, you know, another thing is that, you know, stuff transfers in relationship, right? I mean, the Bible tells us when we abide with Jesus, we'll bear fruit. So the more that I have a relationship with him, right, the more that I will bear fruit, of the Lord. And so it is with the people that we hang out with. And that's that's what that was saying, okay? And so the bottom line that I want you to see is that science even backs up this biblical truth. All right. So the next uh, thing, number eight, is this. Be proactive and seek positive faith-filled people instead of being passive and just accepting like what is around you. You've got to take responsibility for that. Now, one thing, you know, I I tell you, I have loved, um, I love our treasured tribe and I love our weekly Zoom calls together. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> I mean, Friday is like my favorite day. We're taking a break now over the summer and I miss seeing these ladies. I, we're having a retreat this summer, and I'm so excited to spend time with them. And, you know, when I would get off that Zoom call with them, I felt like I could conquer the world. I really did. Why? Because they're faith-filled women. Now, we're 100% authentic. We share our problems. So I'm not saying that everybody is pretending on the call, but we see our problems in light of God's word, and it never fails. When somebody bring, if somebody's upset, they bring something up, somebody else will have a word, a scripture to give them. And, you know, you, if it's, it's important for us, God called us to be inside of uh, community. It is a 
community that that we need to have. And and you know, sometimes sometimes we need space, right? Just to be with Jesus, just to pause, just to kind of take inventory of who we're spending time with, right? And you know, b- before we go out there, but but you must be proactive. And don't wait for it to come to you. Seek them out. If you want, come join the Treasure Tribe. Come join the Treasure Tribe and um, and uh, hang out with, with us. I'm biased because I love my Treasure Tribe, but I'm just saying. Go to your church and ask them. Sign up for a small group um, and, and just make sure that the people that you're hanging around, faith-filled, faith-filled. All right. Um. The other thing is that, you know, you can only change yourself. I was thinking about this. I was weeding inside of my yard, and I was thinking about, um, you know, my neighbor's yard and kind of thinking about this lesson. And I was like, you know, if I spent all my time (laughs) trying to pick out weeds in somebody else's yard, then I wouldn't have time to tend to my own soul and, you know, you can't, everybody's in charge of their own weedy thinking and negative words that they're saying. And your responsibility is for you. And hopefully when you live your life, this comes to the next point, is that you can be like Caleb. That's the last point, is that we, you know, we need to be those positive um, faith-filled people that are, are speaking truth, that are speaking life, that are speaking the word of God, that are speaking those promises. We need to be the Caleb and be the influencers. And not everybody's going to stand with you. They didn't stand with Caleb. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but that's okay because God will give you agreement in the eyes of those who matter most. You know, I always say that sometimes rejection is God's protection and redirection. And, you know, sometimes there's some people in our life that, like Jesus said, you know, we need to ask them to leave. And maybe we don't need to ask, you know, physically ask them to leave, but maybe it's limiting our time. You can press into the Holy Spirit and follow his leadership, and he will absolutely show you. And never forget, inside of your scripture this week to read, which is Numbers 13 and 14, we don't hear peep from Joshua. We just know that he was there, and he was hanging with Caleb, and he was not going over with those 10 spies. And then look at what Joshua did. He was the one that settled the promised land. You never know who you are going to be influencing by taking ownership over your words. Are there people inside of your life where you need to set boundaries? My prayer for you today is that this podcast gave you permission to do so. Why? Because your purpose matters. And in order for us to forge ahead and not just explore our promised land inside of the Bible, but to experience it, We've got to find those faith-filled people so that we can remain positive by remembering that no matter what we face, that God is always 
with us. And from that place, not only will we experience our promised land, but we will lead others to do the same. Thanks so much for joining in to today's podcast. I look forward to another episode next week in our summer series. And remember, if you want a list of these 10 tips to shift your lips, just go to treasuredministries.com forward slash lips. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great week. Bye-bye.